Hey, so last summer I gave four different talks on the Mass at this summer camp called Ignite. Uh, it truly was an honor to speak on the Mass. And this video or this uh, podcast is on the fourth talk that I gave there uh, on the sending rites or the concluding rites of the Mass and uh, how to live the Mass. So if you haven't listened to the first three talks I gave uh, on the Mass, I suggest you go listen to those first before you listen to this one. But if you already have, then here is my fourth talk on the sending rites or the concluding rites and the importance of living for the Mass. Rose for Christ, learning the way, living the gospel every day. We're just striving to practice dying, the greatest adventure. Apples on a mission. Okay. Are you guys ready for part four, the last Sermon on the Mount, or the Mass? <laughs> sermon on the Mass. Uh, so, quick recap again, opening rites. When you come to Mass, get engaged. Be present, be here, listen. So, get engaged. The second liturgy of the Word know who you are receiving. Get to know Jesus in a personal way and know who you are receiving. And then third, a liturgy of the Eucharist. We're called to become other Christ, to become like Christ, and to offer ourselves as a sacrifice. And this last one is the sending rites, or the concluding rites. And this is a really, really short part of the Mass, uh, but mostly I'm going to talk about what it means to live the Mass. Okay. But uh, before we get started, we're going to do another book giveaway here. We were last night with Matt Nelson. We were talking about book recommendations and how important it is to learn. I like just reading good books or even watching good videos. Like watch uh, videos on the Mass by like Father Mike Smith. I'm sure lots of you have. That has taught me so much. But especially reading this book is by Scott Hahn. It's called The Lamb's Supper. <laughs> so. I read this book when I was like 14 and it totally transformed the way I saw the Mass. And I started going to the Mass like how we're talking about. I started to really engage and understand what's happening in all these parts and how, and how the Mass is literally heaven on earth. So it's, it's a pretty amazing book. The one question I'm just going to ask, uh, this might be an easy question, but to the early Christians, what was the one book in the Bible that really helped, was the key for them to understanding the great mystery of the Mass. What was the book in the Bible? Yeah. No? Do you mean like look at any book in the Bible, including Gospel? Yeah, it could be any book. Just guess. Out of all the books in the Bible, which one? Close, but no. The Gospel of Luke? No. 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 Yes. <laughs> Do you have this book? Okay, there you go. It's the book of Revelation. Which kind of like surprised me when I read that. And that's what that book actually is all about, is, is how uh, the book of, the Re of Revelation uh, shows how the Mass and the end of the world is actually uh, very similar. And uh, so it's a really interesting book if you want to get it, The Lamb's Supper. Okay. So I thought 
I just uh, try and give, like, this isn't a whole testimony, but a little bit of context on why I just, uh, my, my journey with the Mass and uh, why I love the Mass so much. So when I was young, I would often go to Mass with my dad in the morning and my siblings. We'd go to daily Mass in the mornings. Uh, at the time, it was definitely not, like, the purest reasons for going. I would just be like, for one, I just wanted to be with my dad. I'd get to wake up early. Secondly, all the St. Therese students when we were in Bruno here would go, and I would just get to see them all, and I looked up to all the older, <laughs> older young Catholics. And then uh, as I got older, I started to, I guess also as I was young, I had a deep love for the priesthood. I just really looked up to priests. I had a lot of good uh, priests in my life that I looked up to. And then I loved like St. Padre Pio, St. John Vianney, Don Bosco, and I was like, I want to be those guys. So I had a deep love for the priesthood, and there was always something in my heart that just was drawn towards it. I would sometimes play Mass when I was a little kid. Did any of you guys do that? <laughs> oh, that was good. And we'd have, like, all the siblings, and we'd do the gospel. And I'd give a little homily. And then we'd have, like, crackers and wine or, or grape juice. Oh, it was just so good. Uh, and so, yeah, I would do that. And then I guess as I got older, I did, like, the priesthood was always on my mind. And then I didn't really discern it super intentionally. But I kept going to Mass obviously, and, well, Sundays, and then even daily Mass quite often. Uh, and then for a little while, I, I dated an amazing young woman for about six months, and that was one of the biggest blessings of my life. But near the end of that dating and, and seeing the reality of like, oh, okay, in the next year or two, am I ready to be married? And it just became more clear that I didn't, I didn't feel a call, nor did I feel ready, or even have uh, a desire to be married in the next year or two. So I was like, it was a really hard Hard thing, because we had such a good relationship, but there was still someone in me that I knew I didn't really give the priesthood a shot yet, and that had been something that was on my heart. So once I discerned out of marriage, I knew I had to go all in with the priesthood and, and try uh, and start discerning it. So I made a lot of calls, different communities, and basically, short story short, I started my studies, and I'm, I'm on the journey to discerning priesthood now, and the Mass has been a big part of even just feeling, hearing the call, to the priesthood, and just going to the Mass often and seeing how important it is, and especially just spending time with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, like we're doing here so often. I would go sometimes for like one to two hours, even three hours some days, and just sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament in the church and just pray. I would often read like those books like the Lamb's Supper or whatever spiritual book was setting my heart on fire, and uh, journal a lot. And like at the time, it didn't really feel like when I'd go, these big spiritual moments, it's just little consistent yeses. And uh, the Lord would unfold his plan in my life. Okay, well, we got to get going on this. <laughs> but anyways, I, yeah, I encourage you guys, if, if you do, just go visit Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament often. And if you feel called to, to go to daily Mass, uh, start to do that. Uh, the, the biggest thing, though, that has helped me more understand why Jesus comes to us in, in the form of bread, is uh, because of his humility. And Father Greg talked about this. And I think in order to understand the Eucharist, we, we need to understand Christ's way of love and his, his way of humility. Uh, Father Greg talked about and brought up the scripture uh, in Philippians 2 of uh, Jesus Christ, though he was in the form of God, did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at, but rather he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, 
and accepted even death, death on a cross. So even though he had ultimate power, he completely emptied himself to the service of another. And when you look at like Jesus in the Eucharist, he's in the lowest seat among us. He's a piece of bread, or in the form of a piece of bread, right? That's a really humble and vulnerable place to be. And sometimes it's like, why would God, the Almighty One, do that? But it's, it, you can only understand that if you, you start to just grasp a little more the way of humility and His love for us. And so, like, Christianity is not so much about, like, a fight or a race to the top, uh, but it's about lowering oneself and using your, your blessings and your gifts in order to raise another up. St. Thomas Aquinas defines love as willing the good of another, even if it means above yourself. Like that, it, it doesn't really make sense. It's like, why would somebody do that? Especially if you're thinking in mind of like survival. Like at the time, like Jesus' way, when we actually, we, we look at all the other ways in the world or all the other people who teach things, it is incredibly unique and radical. Especially at the time, that, that was unheard of. It's like, why would anybody give up something that they loved or that was good for them in, in, in order that another person can benefit out of it. And so living out the Mass means living out sacrifice. Living out the Mass means living out sacrifice. And we're called to become Christ, right? We talked about that last one. We're called to imitate Him, to follow in His way. And what is He showing us in the Mass? He's showing us this way of humility and this, this way of sacrifice. However, sacrifice, quickly, unless it's, unless it's done with love, sacrifice without love can lead to rebellion, resentment, and bitterness. But sacrifice with love is the greatest joy. And so it's important to, when you're living out this way of sacrifice, to receive from the Lord and receive his love, and to first be loved. AJ, in the men's talk, the, men's, the men would know about this, he talks so much about the importance of first receiving from the love of the Father. And we will not have anything to give unless we first receive. Because to even be human, or to be a creature of God, means we need, we need, period. We need, because we do not create ourselves. So we first need to receive in order to give, because we can't give Something we don't have. And so that's why if we're going to live out this way of sacrifice, we need to be just resting and steeping in the love of God. And to receive love from one another as well, so that we can give it to others. And so living out the Mass means living out sacrifice, but it is important and first and foremost to first receive love in order to do this. Um, now, back to becoming like Christ, right? Jesus feeds us, like literally, he feeds us with, with bread here and with his body and blood, but through the form of bread. So he feeds us, and he feeds us for a reason, okay? So we're on the sending rites. We're talking about the concluding and sending rites. So he feeds us for a reason. And what happens when we eat and eat and do nothing? <laughs> We become tired, lethargic, and just, yeah, we can even become just like even spiritually lukewarm when we do not, when we 
um, receive and we, we eat, but we do nothing. And so he feeds us for a reason, and this is to evangelize, to go out and be sent forth. And even the word mass means, it comes from the Latin root missio, which means mission, to be sent out. And the, the sending rites or the concluding rites of the mass is so short. Like we receive Jesus, and then it's like, okay, go. It just sometimes seems like, even like during um, the COVID times, we'd receive and like walk right out. And sometimes it'd be like, wow, like there's got to be more after, like we sit. And it's good to sit and reflect on, on who you've received and to offer thanksgiving. But it's still a short time and we're called to just go out and be other Christs in the world. A quote from a church document, if you guys have never read or heard of a church document, I highly suggest you start looking into reading those. Again, like if we want to study and to learn and to better know our faith, church documents or even the catechism is an amazing way to do that. This one is from Pope Paul VI. It's called Evangelii Nutiandi, which is on uh, evangelization. And he says, evangelization is in fact the grace and vocation proper to the church. Her deepest identity. Okay, so evangelization is the church's deepest identity. She exists, so she, the church, exists in order to evangelize. That is to say, in order to preach and teach, to be a channel of the gift of grace, to reconcile sinners with God, and to perpetuate Christ's sacrifice in the Mass, which is the memorial of his death and glorious resurrection. So the church exists to evangelize. Okay? And the other thing, too, if we're going to evangelize well, we need to be witnesses of his joy, his peace, to be living out these virtues. And something that Bishop Barron often talks about is as worship goes, so goes the culture. And so right worship, and when we worship well, it leads to right life. So right, right worship leads to right life because it places all things in order. So as you guys leave here and you're back with your families, you're in your towns, I invite you in your lives to prioritize the Mass as the number one thing. And that means on Sundays, every week, have that be your main priority, is to, to come to Mass and offer worship to Christ. A little thing, I guess this is kind of a side story that just came up. I, the past like year, I started, as I started to, I guess, just reflect more on who Jesus is in the Eucharist and really ask myself, okay, if I truly believe that he is present in the Eucharist, why would I not go and visit him each day? At least even for five minutes. And so I started going more often just to the church, like I was saying, and then sometimes I spend more time. Sometimes it'd just be a quick stop, just in and out. And then uh, I also started to make a, a stronger commitment to daily Mass. And I don't know if that's, that's, I don't think that's for everybody, if you really feel like it's on your heart. For me, I was really convicted to start making a commitment to go to daily Mass. And so over a year ago now, I made a commitment for at least like a year to go to Mass every single day. Like, it be my number one priority. Like, that is the first thing I schedule in the day, and then... I found it to be like not as hard as I thought it would be. Like I just would know, okay, oh, tomorrow, oh, which mass time am I going to go to? When I lived in the city, there was lots of mass times, so I just 
plan one. There's only a few times where it was like really inconvenient to go. Uh, but I would just, I would make it my priority and I'd go to mass. And I did miss mass a few times, like three or four times. But even that, it reminded me of like, okay, this is not something to grasp at or to be like, I need to get to mass, I need to get to mass. But it's, it's a gift to receive, right? And so that has been a, a huge a game changer in my life is just coming to mass every day and offering myself before the Lord and then being sent forth and going out and trying to live out Christ's way and to become more like Christ. Okay. So there's a few, like one final question here. This, this question really challenges me. Uh, whenever I'm talking to Protestants, or even here, like Matt Nelson came to St. Therese and there was like a, we did a, a practice debate on the Eucharist where like, let's say this side was debating that the Eucharist is just a symbol of Christ and then this side was debating the real presence of Christ. And so we did a practice debate, but even, even when I, yeah, when I talk to, uh, to Protestants, I, I usually like to ask the question, and this is for myself as well, is what would it take for me to believe that Jesus is present in the Eucharist. And I want to ask you guys that and think about that and ponder it and then go and try and find those answers. What would it take for you to believe that Jesus is fully present in the Eucharist? And even if you, you I'm sure you do, a lot of you do, and I do, but there's still doubts. And, and my prayer is always, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Because even going to Mass every day, there's some days where I was like, everything, it just, it's hard to believe. But I'd pray, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. And then I'd pray a surrender prayer. And this is the other thing I invite you guys to do. After you receive Jesus in the Eucharist, Ken was talking about how you need, Jesus waits for our permission. He waits for you, uh, to, give you to give him your yes. He doesn't force himself upon us, right? So when you receive him, to say a surrender prayer if you choose to. So if you, if you do come to receive Christ in the Eucharist today, and whenever you go to Mass, say a surrender prayer after if you choose to. And it's, it's kind of a dangerous prayer, so uh, <laughs> it's, I, I do believe it really works. When you, when you surrender yourself to Christ and you say, Lord, I give you my permission to work in my life. And I often pray, okay, Lord, I place myself in your hands. Do with me what you will. I surrender myself. I accept all. I'm ready for all with your grace. And I thank you for all. So each time you receive Christ in the Eucharist and you come to Mass, surrender yourself over to him and say, Lord, just do your work in me. Because on those days when I went to Mass every day and some of the days, I was like, what's really going on here? And it was harder to believe. And I, I would just pray, okay, Lord, help my belief. But I would just say that prayer of like, okay, Lord, I came, here I am, now do your work in me. Because here's a, here's a kind of cool side fact that, I, that always blows me away. When we receive Jesus within the levels of being, and this kind of gets in philosophy, so there's like plants, and then there's animals, and then there's us, right? And like a plant doesn't eat a bear, right? A bear eats a plant, okay? So there's those levels of being. And so the highest level of being is God himself, right? Who is being himself. So when we receive Christ in the Eucharist, and it is truly God, 
Who's receiving or who's consuming who? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> and again, it lines up with we are called to become more like Christ. And the more we receive him and surrender ourselves to him, the more we can become like him and be able to go out into the world and transform the world with his love. So let's end in prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus, prepare our hearts for Mass. Open our hearts to receive you well. Help us to understand this mystery, this great mystery, and this gift that you have given us. And to truly believe that you are with us here. For you said you will be with us to the end of time. And give us the grace and strength to become more like you and to be sent out to our friends and to our families and to whoever we encounter and to be more like you, to participate in your redemption in the world. We pray all this in your most holy name. Amen.